to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Join me tonight, we got Devin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I'm Devin. And we got Rob. Hopefully he's not choking. Buddy, I was very tempted to unmute and say something, but then I figured we'd be bordering on annoying rather than funny. Well, by the time it got to the, you know, the very intro where he first starts singing and right where you coughed last time, I like pointed at the monitor expecting somebody to say something or cough or let out some sort of weird noise <clears throat> so listeners if you haven't if you haven't noticed yet the intro is the only part that i get concerned with about su as far as noises in the background and stuff we talk through the outro that's just kind of how that works and Rob just decided he was gonna start choking on water or coughing or something right as Ross started singing the intro music. <laughs> so. It's very loud cough, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Oh, he's even Matilda. She's getting in on it. Uh, this week, it's going to be maybe a short episode. Depends. Um, again, I'm, I've had a migraine all day, and I just haven't been feeling great. Um, but... This week we're going to be talking about some of the weirdest world traditions. Uh, and I, so far I've only read two of these. And I mean, the first one right off the bat is extremely weird to me. Uh, I mean, it's in Wales. We, we should have John on. We should see if John's around so he can, he, he can explain. I, I wanted to see if John was around just so he could tell me how to pronounce this. I um, think it's just um, the Mary Lude, but um, I honestly don't know how to pronounce the word L W Y D. So for all the listeners in Wales and or John, who's the only person I know who's been there, uh, sorry if we pronounce anything wrong here. Is Devin Googling it to see what the pronunciation is? No, I'm messaging John as he's around and wants to hop on. So we're going to skip the first one and see if he gets back to me in the, in the, in the next <clears throat> right. five or ten minutes. Well, then we will jump down to the second one that comes from Spain. La Tomatina. <laughs> uh, so these can be found on... We are on casino.org slash blog slash weirdest world traditions. Uh, for anybody who wants to go look some of these up, <laughs> this is the list that we're pulling from. We also have another list from another website that's 25 Strange Traditions, but I didn't want to dive into 25 of them if we can't get through eight. Um, but Spain has a lot of interesting traditions such as siestas and the P- P- Pamplona Bull Run. 
sorry again, sorry to anybody in Spain if I butcher any of these words. Uh, however, one of the more chaotic traditions comes from the form of La Tomatina. This is where the people of Valencia participate in a mass tomato throwing fight in Bunol. B-U-N-O-L. I don't know. Is that not how you I pronounce that? Bunoil. <laughs> Bunoil. <laughs> they throw tomatoes at each other in Bunoil. Uh, so essentially, just picture a snowball fight just with tomatoes. Interesting enough, this is how uh, the Spanish make pizza. They throw tomatoes on Bunoil. Well, fair. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it would not surprise me if places like this who just have, like, an abundance of tomatoes do use, like, they, like, have people going through and, like, scraping the streets using the <laughs> tomato paste for other things. I don't know. Hey, who knows? They would use it for food at that point. Well, you never know. I mean, these are weird traditions. Who knows what they do with it? Uh, very... from your hair. <laughs> You start wringing it out. <laughs> Very few sites from around the world can match the anarchistic setting of tomato juice covering people and buildings to visually replicate a blood-filled scene from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, I mean, the little picture on the website, that, that guy looks like he's having a blast. Yeah, uh, it looks I, like he's... I, I, I imagine this is how vampires <laughs> celebrate certain well, holidays. Well, <laughs> I got to John said he can hop on. I got to give him the role. I got to make give him a role here. Okay. Of recording guest. Um. So with that though, like, I don't know. I don't like tomatoes, so I don't necessarily know that I'd want to be covered in like tomato juice and tomato paste and and or pelted with tomatoes. Those cannot be. No. I, well, I guess you. I guess those can't be much harder than a snowball. No, this was this this tradition was created by a coalition of farmers who had excess tomatoes, and yep. they wanted to. Hey, John, what's up? And they wanted to sell their old tomatoes. That's what I. That's guess. my headcanon on this. That's my headcanon. All right, yeah, I suppose. So, with, but I, I mean, I love. Tomatoes. I still would not want to be pelted with that. Yeah. All right. So, with John joining us, we're gonna go back to number one. So, John. Welcome to SU. First off, it's been a Hi, while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, we're we're talking about some of the weirdest world traditions, uh-huh. and the first one that popped up on this particular site that we're pulling from is from Wales. Right. And I wanted to make sure I didn't pronounce this wrong. It, it's called the Mary Lude, L W Y D. Um. So. Uh, okay. So let me just look at. The spelling again before I start talking because I talk out of my ass when it comes to Welsh pronunciation as well. It's the Mary Luid is how you'd probably say it. Luid, Luid, yeah. W in in Welsh is basically can be a consonant, but it's also a vowel, and it can have an oo sound when it's a vowel. And I would suggest in this position, it's more likely to be a vowel. So the Mary Luid, Luid. Yep. Now, are you familiar? I'm just going to start saying Luid all the time now. Mm-hmm. Am I uh, familiar with the myth? Yes. Well, are, okay. No, we well, don't even know a, about the myth. I don't even know about the myth. This is just a tradition yeah. that they yeah, have over well, there. Yeah, the tradition, I guess I should say, yeah. Uh, well, why don't we explain the tradition, and then you can explain to us what the myth is. Yeah. So the Welsh people apparently go around, and they take horse skulls, 
mm-hmm. they decorate these horse skulls. And this is a Christmas tradition. Yes. And kind of. now, not only do they decorate the horse skull, but then they put the skull on a broomstick and cover it with a sheet and dangle bells from it. And then they go door to door challenging people to singing contests. Mm hmm. Yep. And this this is the tradition that has been traced back to the 19th century, uh, but nobody (laughs) seems to ever ask how it actually started. I like how it says nobody dares ask how it actually started. We were like, tell us how it started. (laughs) Well, I I think the problem is is that's the record of it, right? Because it was a it's a south it's a specific area of Wales. It's not even like the whole country, if you want to call it that. Um, It's just like the south, I think, east. so it's the Florida kind of, of Wales. Maybe. Uh, it, it's it's a bit like, okay, so the idea is, is effectively is you have this, there's other traditions similar to this in other countries where they have sort of like the bad people come around at Christmas time. Like, I don't know if like you've Krampus. heard of like, yeah, Krampus or there's, a few others like them. Santa Claus. So, well, Santa Claus would be one, but I, I'm more referring to people who are basically could specifically be naughtier than Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa like, Claus is terrible. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if, if you were to use the coal in the stocking idea, then yeah, I guess. So the Mary Lloyd, I don't know about the decorating of the skull. I know more about the fact that they get a white skull. They the, the white sheet over top and then the bells and all that stuff on the on the broomstick. And then effectively what you have is you have one guy hiding under it and he walks door to door and like you say, challenges people to either poetry or singing or all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. My suspicion with no actual link that you can point to would suggest this is probably a pagan thing that's probably been around so long that nobody knows where it ever existed from. The fact is, from a historical standpoint, though, they can't go farther back than the 1800s. So, you know, it may have just been something some family did, and then everybody kind of cottoned on to the idea that it was kind of fun. Or it could have just been some weird-ass pagan thing that kicked around and nobody really recorded it up until then. Or it could have been, like, some random guy just tripping on a lot of, like, psychedelic drugs. Yeah, yeah, like, some guy ate the wrong kind of mushrooms and just decided to do this. And then everyone's like, hey, that guy looks like he's having a blast. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no... there. I, w- I will argue that that's as possible as anything else. Um, but the one thing that kind of makes me think it's older traditional is simply because it involves animals and Welsh... Uh, if you go back to the pre, uh, like the Iron Age period, a lot of the the decorations, a lot of the symbolism revolves around animals, and horses are a big tradition in Welsh mythology, going back to like the old, some of the oldest poems and the oldest um, stories that were told revolve around way. horses. So you this is why I went. Wheels, then. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, listeners, the reason why we asked John about this is because John has a, pack, a podcast called the Welsh History Podcast. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not here to plug nothing. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> if you're interested in learning more about Wales, you can check out his podcast. <laughs> now, John, okay, I'm, I'm curious now. How big is Wales? If you had to compare it to some you know, something that I might know. 
Like size wise or population wise? Let's go size wise. Okay, so hmm. uh, it would fit. I think it's about similar size to like Delaware, maybe or Rhode Island. Might be bigger than that. Might be bigger than that. But... Oh, so Wales is actually a pr- relatively small place then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like driving from one end to the other is going to be about three hours. Okay. Yeah. All right. Like so, all of Britain, relatively small. Right. Now, whereabouts? You you lived in Wales for a while, right? I did. I lived in Cardiff. Now, whereabouts is that geographically? Okay, so, like, uh, so it's in the. It's actually on the edge of the south, sort of east, but maybe <sighs> more. Did you dress up like a dead horse, John? You know what? I never heard of this tradition until I got back to Canada. Oh, yeah, really? About that. Yeah, no, I never, I've never seen it ever. Man. Which is part of the reason why I think it's just specific to that local area. I was really hoping that you would have been the one to dress up like a dead horse. I mean, had I known about it, I probably might have. Is a dead horse going door to door challenging to Star Wars trivia? That's right, yeah. The problem would be is that if I had to challenge somebody to sing, they'd kick my ass, likely, especially there. So So now we got it. We we have to because Austin is our on site travel <laughs> travel like uh anchor person. Yet right? I'm the one coming Reporter. to you live from a hotel. Yeah. Yay. But so we have dubbed Austin the SU's travel like reporter person. We need to figure out, we need to send him to Wales, get him dressed up in one of these dead horse get ups, and have him go door to door challenging people to rap battles. Nice. Sure, we'll go, Will. Yep. But we'll only get him a one way ticket. We won't tell him that. We'll see how he figures out how to get home. Be like, hey oh, man, oh. you're you're a dead horse ghost rapper. Just figure it out. Okay, so it's bigger than Rhode Island. I've just realized it's not as small as I thought it was. I think it's more like maybe might be Vermont size. All right, so maybe. about the size of New Hampshire too, because yeah. Vermont is just like an upside down backwards New Hampshire. Yeah, it's really hard to sort of say because like like all the Canadian, with the exception of one, I think every Canadian province is bigger than Wales, but. Okay. So, and I mean, you can fit all of Britain and Ireland in mind. So, well, damn. Mm-hmm. I didn't, okay. for whatever reason, I didn't picture Britain being so tiny. Oh, yeah. It's really small. But at the same time, uh, Wales's population is about, I think, a million less than Alberta's. So, in that tiny area, they have a lot of people because there's 70 million people in Britain. Jeez. All right. Well, compared, John, you live in an Arctic wasteland, which is why you have less people. As I had to explain to Austin not long back, we still have a population of one million in my cities. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> you well, know I love you. Well, I, I gotta say thank you, John, for getting on and and sharing with us a little bit about Wales and and explaining to me how to pronounce this crazy ass word because I've never seen. You know, and now love things. I am. I mean, again, I'm Weed. guessing as well. So Weed. it's just based on slightly more knowledge. I love it. Mm. Well, so now we're going to move on. 
you're welcome to stay if you want to, but you also, if you don't want to get held up, you're welcome to go. I mean, yeah. I can stick around for 15 more minutes. I'm at work at the moment, so you guys even well, got me. At, John, at you're slacking. I, 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 just, I just finished work and came back to my hotel room where I'll be staying nice. for well, an indeterminate amount of time. I just sent a quote to one of our state representatives, so there you go. I was busy. $21 million. I mean, provincial minister, but... You guys wouldn't understand that. So. Uh, $21 million. Yeah, that's right. Rob, why don't you take number three? Uh, number three is teeth tossing. Losing teeth as a child is all part of growing up process. Hiding that tooth under your pillow before bed and waking up to find it replaced by money from the tooth fairy is a tradition in many cultures across the world. Not in Greece, however. Clearly, the crisis of 2008 hit Greek homes hard because instead of exchanging teeth for money... Children are now encouraged to throw teeth on the roof of the house. It's far cheaper. <laughs> it's a far cheaper option, to be fair. So, so, uh, so they still least... they don't get money for it. They just huck teeth onto rooftops. I, I guess so. That's what it says. <laughs> Man, the tooth fairy coming to their house, they'd be like, "Well, I guess I don't have to leave them money." But damn, I, mean, I don't like heights. I mean, <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, like as you were reading that, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, honestly, the the idea of the tooth fairy is kind of like a weird tradition. You watch your mouth. Like you leave teeth, you leave your teeth under your, you leave your specifically your baby teeth under your pillow, and a mysterious figure sneaks into your room at night and leaves you mo- and leaves you money for your teeth. Listen, from a I long mean, kind of odd. From a long time D and D player and DM, everyone knows that fairy dust is made up of ground up baby teeth. <laughs> Okay so, then. They're they're merely that's why they pay you for their teeth. They're like, oh, these are spell components for us. Might as well chip in whatever I can, I guess. Now I'm just picturing Tinker Bell with a mortal pestle and a tooth grinding it up. Yep. That's all it is, man. That's how you get the dark version of Disney, folks. Uh <laughs> Devin, mean, Devin, you have the link it, open, yeah? That we're, yeah, yeah, The legitimate yeah. reason is not much better, so, you know. I, you, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, Devin, why don't you go ahead and read off number four? All right, number four. One of the creepiest traditions comes from South Korea, where writing a person's name in red ink is generally not seen as acceptable. The reason for this being that the color red was often used to write somebody's name when, that, when they had died. So it is felt that writing a person's name in red, you are condemning them to their own fate. Luckily, that tradition isn't played. Is it in place in Western countries because otherwise school kids would have a field day freaking out their classes by repeatedly scribbling their name in red ink on their school books? Red pens were always my favorite. <laughs> I would always get red instead of any other color. I mean, now now that there are purple pens, I get purple pens. And then you and then you and then you laugh at your teachers and jokes on you. You can't correct my work now. Yeah. Now is it just a matter of this is supposedly bad luck? Like Basically. you're 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 bringing bad luck to the person whose name you wrote. In red, basically, it's like you're. It says you're condemning them to their own. I'm surprised you didn't make me read number five because number five is yeah. is true. I, I, it's true. You know I, what? Told that numerous times. Surprise, Devin. Read number five. All right. <laughs> gambling gambling provokes a lot of superstitious traditions around the globe. One such tradition hails from the Afro American culture in the U.S. It is widely believed that if a person is a person begins to experience itchy palms, then they will likely they they are likely to come into money. So if somebody feels their palms itching, they they will begin to gamble and attempt to take advantage of this expected good fortune. Of course, it could well just be sweater eczema causing the irritation, but who 
but who can tell? Yeah, I've been I've been, I've heard that all my life. Like if you're if you have itchy palms, that means, yeah, that means money's coming your way. Yeah, I've, that's been a common thing that I've heard too. It's never happened, not to me anyway. <laughs> but I can't uh, say it hasn't happened. But I mean, you know, it is kind of what it is. I can't say it hasn't happened. Now, what if you have like itchy like the bridges of your feet, like the under parts no, of your feet? Uh, I don't like, know. What if that is also Webby? You read number six because it sounds like something you would like. Listen, oh hell yeah! I'm I like I haven't scrolled down this list, so I don't know. But now I just scrolled down. All right, coming coming to you from Turkey, number six, camel wrestling. Forcing two animals to fight each other is considered socially unacceptable in many places. Cockfighting, dogfighting, and bullfighting are just a few examples. In Turkey, camel wrestling is deemed more acceptable because the animals do not cause a lot of harm to each other. It's a huge spectator sport. Even though humans do not get involved in the bout, there is uh, the risk that a fighting camel may unintentionally spray some of their saliva into the crowd. But that's all part of the fun. Now listen. Okay, so this wasn't nearly as cool as I thought it was going to be. So these are two camels fighting each other. I thought people were getting in there and wrestling these camels. Which to me sounds like it should be more acceptable and would be more entertaining seeing a camel yeah. beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, I, I know. It's like a uh, caveat with the do not cause a lot of harm to each other. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> All the kids in the crowd, they start crying. It's like, no, no, no. They're just playing. They're just playing. The other camel's like standing on top of this dead camel's carcass. <laughs> Just spitting into the crowd. Meanwhile, the camel family's like, he's already, he's already dead. Oh man! All right, uh, Rob, why don't you take number seven? I don't like the picture oh. already. Uh, yeah, good luck okay. pronouncing this one. Uh, Nagpanchami from Nagpanchami from India. The tradition in India sees people come together to celebrate snakes. Some of the most venomous snakes in the world are carried in a basket to a temple in rural areas such as, oh god, Maharashtra. Maharaja. Once there, no, not Ma- no, there's Maharaja. a tree in there. Yeah. Oh, I can't actually see it. So. It's Maharashtra. It's Maharashtra. Maharashtra. Once there, the snakes are sprinkled with a mix of red powder, milk, and honey before they're released into the temple courtyard. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Well, nothing. Apparently, mortal bites at the Naga, the Nag Nag Pachami festival are unheard of. Clearly, health and safety does not need uh, strengthening in rural India. They all they all look a lot very close to that that yeah, snake. Well, they all <laughs> are very <laughs> close to that snake. Now, the real question here is, Webby. How fast would Donnie have disowned all of us if we called him in just to read this this specific yeah. <laughs> instantly? Yuck! Instantly. Yeah, that's quite nasty. So that's now what? Title. Now I don't get this. So they bring them in baskets, and then they they sprinkle them with this mixture of stuff, and then they release them into the courtyard, and then they just like all the people run around and like collect them, or they run around away from them. Like who knows? doesn't say it just says that they cover them in red powder milk and honey and, let them and what go. kind of powder like it, that's very vague like oh red powder it's like i don't know don't lots of it. different things can be red and ground into a powder don't worry about it like it's are they just pretty much like putting these snakes into like some sort of like cocaine induced like i don't 
rage. Picture makes it look like they're making that snake into a salad. (laughs) (laughs) They will just have snake salad. Uh, (laughs) What, Devin? Go ahead and read number eight. All right, number eight coming coming to you from the Czech Republic. What women? What women? I can't. I just can't. In this much welcome world world of the Me Too movement, we all like to think that sexism against the females of the species is something that we will soon become a thing in the past. Unfortunately, there remains places such as the Czech Republic where traditions towards women remain a little demeaning. We bring to the, the tradition of butt-whipping women. Yes, that's right. Every every Easter Monday, the men of the Czech Republic go from door to door with their wooden beating sticks covered in decorative designs and whipped areas of women in the homes. Why? <laughs> In the hope of improving the fertility of those women. Now, go to any number of other countries around Europe, and that sort of practice will guarantee the bubble receive a punishment in the nose. Maybe gender equality still has some ways to go in some country. <laughs> kind of reminds me of the pinching for not wearing green that used to be incredibly popular at St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day, yeah. Uh, yep. Pinch anyone for not wearing green. It wasn't specifically women. Oh, I know, but still, it's very much not allowed these days. Uh, so to do a couple more, we're going to go to the other link that I sent you guys in the, um, number, right, I'll take the, I'll take the first one in that one because we well, we already read the first one, which is the teeth tossing in Greece, but number two sounds insane. So I want to read it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, number two, baby jumping in Spain. <laughs> Residents in a small Northern community take part in baby jumping called El Co- El Colacho, El Colacho. To keep the devil at bay, men dress as the devil, run between and jump over infants who are laid on mattresses along the streets. I I see that going very wrong. <laughs> Especially if any of these devil men get drunk beforehand. Which you know they do. Or maybe come on. Or maybe he just maybe he just put on like a couple, like a few like a few too many pounds from like last last time. He was just like he was barely clearing it last time, and now it's like up, oh, up, oh, nope, up. Oh. And squish goes the baby. Um, Rob, why don't you read number four? Okay. Uh, initiation custom in Brazil. It is strange how young boys prove their bravery and strength. In Satre Maui, in the Satre Maui tribe, they showcase the courage by placing hands in a basket filled with angry bullet ants. The bites are really painful. <laughs> cool. I never yeah. even heard of a bullet ant. I don't think I ever want to meet one. Me neither. Man, man it's just like getting shot uh, with a bullet. <laughs> bullet ants. I just think it's crazy because it's like, oh, you want to true, you want you want to prove that you're brave. Stick your hand in this basket. They are going to bite you. Like that's not bravery. Yeah, that's no. stupidity. That's exactly. So 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 the 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 Paraponera clavata is a species of ant commonly known as the bullet ant, named for its extremely potent sting. Yeah, I'm all yeah, set. So it, it's named that way because of the pain of the sting. It's not a matter of bravery at that point. Ant, dude, that's a big fucking ant. Jeez. Uh, all right. It's like the size of like a wasp. It's so, a number five, the Monkey Buffet Festival in Thailand. Some people might be surprised to be looking at some monkeys atop a buffet table feasting on sumptuous dishes in this annual festivity over 3000 is that kilograms of fruit and vegetables are fed to several monkeys that dwell in 
Laburi, Bangkok. Uh, I read a little bit more about this one. They all come together at like the base of this place, and like literally vegetables, fruits, all you can see. It's just like tables and tables of this shit. And then these monkeys come out of the woodwork and just start feasting on everything, staring at them. I don't know. I'd feel kind of unnerved if a monkey just sat there and ate something while staring at me. Then you would hate to go to um monkeys bother me. You would hate to go to Japan. They have like uh they have like a bunch of different kind of like cool like cafes. Like they have like cat cafes. They have well yeah we did that. Like... Remember we did the uh, the yeah. cat island episode. Well, no no, no. they have like cat cafes where like you just go sit down for a cup of coffee. And there's like cats running around and like they jump at the table and talk and well talk they jump at the table and like sit there with you. To be fair, we have those here too. We do, yeah. Um, there is a monkey cafe though, where where you can go and like the little those big old snow ones. You know those great big ones that they have. Oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. We'll come around and they'll feed them and stuff. Yeah, yep. I don't know. Yep. All right, what else we got here? All right, got, Devin, number seven. We got the all right. We got the the Polterra Ben custom in Germany. Just before couples are wed, their families and close friends meet for an informal affair. Then all guests are required to break things such as general wares and flower vases, anything except glass. As soon as the entire place is in disarray, the couples should clean up the broken things. This tradition shows the couple um, shows the couple the significance of being united and of hard work, which is necessary to make their marriage work. At least they're in for the hell of a start. Things can only improve from here. Wow. I mean, I, mean, I kind of wait. I paid for this wedding and now I have to clean it up myself. Yeah, so so if you go to a wedding in Germany, you go to their house. This happens happens before the wedding, before the couple's wedding. Okay, so So then you go to their house. house, And then you have all your your family and friends over. um, And they just come out with the baseball bat and start breaking shit. And you break everything except for the glasses. And so this is a wedding venue. It's like your own house, and they've just smashed all your stuff, which you now have to replace. (laughs) Yep. I I would be showing up to my... I'd be showing up wearing goggles and carrying a sledgehammer. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be like, I'm ready for this. (laughs) All right, number eight. Let's go. Rob, why don't you do number eight? Uh, Witches' Night in the Czech Republic. Uh, Prague has more of its fair share of rituals and traditions, one of which sees young lovers jumping over the bonfires. Single men are also encouraged on this day to leave tokens of freshly cut branches on the doorstep of women for their infections. It was once believed that the evil powers of this evening, which falls between the ancient feast days of St. Jacob and St. Philip, were far stronger than normal, and that for this evening only, they ruled over the good. Flocks of witches riding broomsticks were to soar, were said to soar the skies, and the Czechs believed that the bonfires would bring them down in flames. <laughs> Nowadays, the celebration is far more lighthearted, and the biggest bonfire in the country takes place in the center of the Czech capital. So, if you're single during this, you go cut a, you go cut a branch off a tree, and then you clean it up, and you just put that on the doorstep of a girl that you like. Apparently. So you're just like, you Yo, here's this stick. <laughs> if you already got a girlfriend, the two of you have to jump over a bonfire. Sounds like it. I mean, I've watched people jump through bonfires, but they were very drunk. So <laughs> Probably very likely to be similar in this case. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. So number nine, the blackening really weird. and okay. henna weddings in Muslim countries, a strange culture in Islam where women from the bride's family surround her and paint designs on her feet, arms, and hands to symbolize womanhood, provide fertility and luck to the woman. This happens two days before the wedding, like tattoos, just not permanent. That's not really that weird. Yeah, most of these aren't. Like we, and we, We've already covered, like, Bushido and seppuku is like that's not really that weird it's just it's ritual suicide like yeah we covered that in the japan episode it's a a warrior code and ritual suicide like cool um uh camera some weird went over that the haka in new zealand that's just the haka is that's just that's just a maori practice like that's not really a weird thing that's just something that maoris do I do like though, like personally, like I do watch a lot of rugby because why not? But I do like how like the haka is like a big thing in, in rugby. Yeah, it's pretty fun. But other than that, other than that, um, the welcome drinks in Fiji. All right, you may notice this when you welcome to the Pacific Nation. Guests are served strange earthy cocktails made from squeezing roots and served in wooden bowls or buckets. It's called cava, but cannot in any way compare to compare to the Spanish bubbles. Kava is considered nar- narcotics in many countries, although a very mild one. So you basically, as soon as you get off the plane to Fiji, they you get drunk. Um, China, this you have the blubbing wow. brides in China. Yeah, brides okay. Cry for about a month, which is considered part of the wedding preparations. The, this culture <laughs> is still observed by the Fuji living in the Wuling Mountains. I guess it beats crying for a month after the wedding. Man, I don't. I don't know. That one would bother me. I don't like women crying. I I don't know. You're good. Oh, uh, tooth fillings in Indonesia. In Bali, a rather peculiar ritual is performed by both genders before marriage. They fill two teeth. It is done to keep any evil forces or characteristics such as greed, lust, anger, stupidity, confusion, jealousy, and intoxication away the from way, the couple. I think they typed that wrong. That's supposed to be filing. They filed two teeth down. Tooth. Yeah, maybe. They, yeah, they definitely. I'm, I'm looking at the picture. They definitely did that wrong. It, that's definitely a filing. Well, I mean, filling makes it. Filling. I don't know. It could be filling. Because it's maybe it's essentially you... keep the evil force uh, forces at bay. Essentially, maybe you're just keeping them in that tooth. Like you're you're fi- you're filling those you're you're filling that tooth with those things, and then essentially capping it. In, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I feel like it's filing though, looking at the picture, but I could be wrong. Yeah. If you if you click on the picture, that's definitely a tooth. Uh, let me Google. Yep, it is filing. They just added the extra L. Yep. 100%. Okay. Uh, oh, sure. I get another crazy sounding one. Aunt Zar Iguna in Spain. This well-known tradition means the day of the geese. On this occasion, a goose is covered with grease and is tied high up a body of water. Gentlemen then try to get a hold of the goose as they jump from their boats. The objective is to rip off the goose's head! What the fuck? happen? An act that should sort of disqualify them from being called gentlemen, I'd say. 
This competition is a test of their strength, endurance, and agility, which would make them eligible to wed the women they adore. However, the custom is no longer practiced using a living goose because of animal rights concerns. Duh. Additionally, the Day of the Geese is merely practiced in the Quito as a part of the festival of San Antolin. San Antolin. Welp. Let's go rip some heads off some geese, boys. Jesus. Oh, geez, 17. I've read about this. 17. John, do you want to read 17 for us? Sure, and then I'm going to have to leave you because i got to go home. All right. All right. All right, so here it is. Foot binding in China. A young girls were compelled to go through a painful process of foot binding. For almost a thousand years, the Chinese thought that small feet were a mark of beauty and desirability amongst girls. This perception caused Chinese men and women to intentionally restrict girls' feet from growing bigger by binding them. And in the late 1940s, this tradition was stopped because of the debilitating experience that young Chinese girls suffered from. Oh, my God. Because basically they wrapped their foot up so that it wouldn't get any bigger. And so while everything else grew, they basically cut the blood from circulating to that foot. That's messed up. It's gross. Like the pictures are disgusting. Just going to say. Well, uh, okay. Uh, well, John, since you're heading out, I want to thank you for joining us and uh, listening in on some of these weird, on some of the weirder ones that we read off. And uh, again, teaching me the cool word uh, in Welsh. Luid. 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 Uh, and, and as I was saying, you might want to like look that one up because I still may, might be pronouncing it wrong. But there you go. Well, I'm sure if we have any Welsh people listening and or any people who speak Welsh uh, or know the correct pronunciation. They'll say how wrong yeah. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Message us however you want, either via Facebook or Twitter on one of our Twitter accounts and laugh at John uh, and <laughs> explain to us how absolutely wrong he butchered that word. I was going to say, I can tell you the amount of times I get emails over my pronunciation of Welsh words. Believe me, I've heard them all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's just in, he'll make an entire episode of Welsh History Podcast reading all the mail he gets about um, pronunciations, and he got this wrong, and he got this wrong. <laughs> yep, and I can pronounce it one way, and the North says it one way, and the South says it a different way, and so the South gets mad about that, then I pronounce it their way, and then somebody from the North gets mad about that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Anyway, y'all have a good day. Don't All right, you as well, John. Thank podcast. you again. All right, John. Oh. See you later. See ya. Um, a couple other ones on this list. We have like they talk about Krampus, uh, in several different countries. Um, there's a sardine burial one. Um, you want to the dead person? Oh, yeah. The uh. Wait, which one was that? Uh, 19. Oh, yeah. The Brazil and Venezuela one. Uh, when a person of the Tanamani tribe dies, his or her body is burnt. The bone and ash powder is mixed into a plantain soup that the people attending will drink. They believe that this pleases the dead soul as it finds a resting place in their bodies. Ugh. Uh... 
a lot of them are just like marking the body somehow, either via um, tattoos or piercings of some fashion. But those don't, I don't find those very odd. Um, by Bayanehan in the Philippines. Uh, this custom involves the practice of moving the entire home to a new location. Villagers gather, lift up, and the home is, lift up the home and carry it over quite a long distance. It also happens during predicted floods and landslides. This tradition is probably as close as we will ever get to being snails carrying their houses on their backs. Um. So yeah, those are just some of the weird customs that I that I that I found um, around the world. Uh, so we will end there. If if you guys, <coughs> listeners, if you guys have any know or, or know of any other weird customs that we didn't name off or we didn't read off on any of these lists, and you think they should be recognized, reach out to us. Uh, message us on either Facebook at facebook.com slash simplyunprofessional or on Twitter at Rob. Confessor what? underscore. No, what is the Simply Unprofessional <laughs> Twitter? <laughs> Don't they have uh, one? Simply Unprofessed one. Simply Unprofessed one. Uh, or you can Twitter each of us individually if you if you have some of these, um, these weird traditions. Um, so with that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for joining me tonight. Um, we need a life advice with Devin. Life advice with Devin. Um, ah, it's hard. Um, cause I'm tired. <laughs> Uh, let's do science with, or uh, getting real with Rob, and then I'll come back with life advice from in a second. Okay, I also have life advice that is actually tied to one of these weird traditions that we read. But let's do a science corner with Rob or getting real with Rob. Okay, um, I actually didn't read anything super sciencey lately. Um, so an interesting thing is that the uh. Uh, it's not really has to do with science, but the uh, NVIDIA, their gaming computers are so powerful that a lot of people have just buying, been buying them all up for uh, crypto coin buying. And so they're nerfing their own gaming computers so that gamers can actually buy them. Oh, is that why a lot of their fucking like graphics cards and stuff are on back order and shit? Just like all yeah. of like the Nvidia stuff is just like there's yeah that's just... why every yep. every time a new graphics card comes out that's why graphics cards are um always back order because the crypto miners take like buy up in, in like droves and then they run them into the freaking ground and then they sell them for like nothing they will run them like at max capacity for like you know five months straight <laughs> with no with no downtime and then like sell it for like two hundred bucks on eBay but you. you that card's like beat the shit, so it's not worth it half the time. Yeah, so they're gonna come up with a new line that's specifically for gamers that actually is works slower, so that gamers can actually buy it. And then they're coming to come out with a mining their own a line of cryptocurrency miners for people to actually buy. <laughs> well, all right, which is something that should have happened a while ago. Now, can can one of you explain to me what is what's the crypto 
mining thing. Like so basically, so, it's it's yeah. internet money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can like, anyone uh, do it? Technically, yes. yeah, but it's like on but a basic is... computer, it's not worth like running the, the yeah. Basically, on like a one setup, like if I took my computer and just ran my computer running crypto, the amount of inter- money I would be paying the energy company for running my computer all the time would outweigh what I'm gaining from it. You're like, well, yeah. I can just do that while I'm doing it. The problem is, it, it like it will run your CPU up to like a hundred percent, so yeah. you're basically not going to be able to use your computer while you're doing that. Or you can, but it'll be very slow. So you're better off just like if you're not going to go all in on blockchaining, on like block mining, then it's not worth like doing it unless you're like going in with like a bunch of people and you're going on like a blockchain with a bunch of other people and you're all doing it, and which you can do that too. I mined bitcoins for a while. It was it was interesting. I I mined yeah. some stuff for a while. It was, it was pretty. The way it works, the way it works for people at home that might not know is you basically you lend your computer's processing power to a company to to do stuff for them, and the the company pays you in like incremental tiny little bits of Bitcoin, like one one thousandth of a percent. So the more like things that your computer does for them, the more you earn. But you need a lot of computing power and. Then, faster it does the faster they'll give you like money like it's not an actual like mine where a computer's like digging into the earth to find find stuff it's it's basically your computer a company's borrowing your computer power to do stuff for them and they're paying you like little increments of tiny little pieces of bitcoin to do yeah. that yeah hmm all right well that was getting real with rob uh yeah. life advice with devin all right. I advice with Devin. Um, this is I had to dive back into my like my 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 portfolio of good life advice from random people. Um, and one of the, one of the one of the quotes here that I like is, um, "Life is a mountain. Your goal is to find your path, not reach the top." I like it. Mm-hmm. That that that's that's akin to the. Uh, it it's not about essentially what's at the end it's about the journey getting there about the journey it's 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 about the fringe you make along the way that's right the real the real treasure is the fringe <laughs> you make along the way. all righty well uh with that being said edquist where can people find you on the internet as i said before you can find me at confessor underscore x <laughs> uh do you want to give out your twitch sure um Soon to be streaming again on twitch.tv slash Confessor X, probably from Webby's place. Whoop whoop. Uh, Devin, where can people find you on the internet? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie, and you can find me on Twitch at Mr. D3 at some point. Me and Rob kind of exchange places because, like, <laughs> now I'm moving someplace where I'm probably not going to. I don't have one, I don't have access to my full computer, and two, I don't think I'm going to have the internet to like stream on a regular basis. So, until I get my own place, I won't probably be streaming, um, unless it's for, like, a charity thing. You might see, I'll pop around for the charity games, but that's probably about it. All right. And I don't want to run up their internet connection all the time, so. As always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitter at JaxForceWalker, all one word, on Twitch at DMWebby, and various other places. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, fuck Booster Gold. FBG. I also do not have the outro music prepared. I am very unprofessional right now. 
All right, here it goes. Well, yes, you're you're unbranded, sir. I guess Good. so. Normally, I have it pulled up, but I'm just I don't know. I'm out of it right now. Brandon. Rob, you can go ahead and choke or cough or whatever now if you want. It's the outro music. It's different. <laughs> I want to say, Tyler, top knot. There's no one else over here otherwise. Nope.